Good morning, my cheeky babes and our delicious humans. Welcome to today's podcast, episode number six. My name is Corrine and I am here with Kate Pedal. Hello, Kate Pedal. Bonjour. Hello. How do you do? I'm excellent. And how are you? I was just commenting on how relaxed and chilled you look today. So we do Zoom so I can see the beautiful Kate Pedal here. What'd you get up yeah. to? I just got back from the beach. I actually fell asleep and woke up and I didn't have a phone or like a watch or anything on me. And I had to ask the person who was next to me. I'm like, what's the time? And she said, and I was like, fuck. And I ran back <laughs> and I literally got straight onto this episode. So if you're watching, if you've seen any part of the video for this record, it looks like I'm naked, but I'm not. <laughs> you Although if I was, it wouldn't really matter. I mean, no, we're all about freedom of expression whatever that means to you um did you slip slop slap of course every time i'm 30 now i've got to look after my skin that's right that's right (laughs) anything else exciting happened this morning um not this morning but last night we had our christmas dinner finally because um if you listen to last episode our Christmas was cancelled, so we had, um, there was about 10 or 12 of us, like family friends or friends from Port Macquarie around here, and it was just really nice. It felt like Christmas because they still had all their lights up and it was like a yummy Christmas dinner, and it was really fun. So that was really good. And then, yeah, I've just been doing a bit of goal setting this morning, took myself to the beach, did some meditation. It was just, it's just been a really good morning. That's good. I'm really excited to hear about your goals too, but we'll save that for another time. Uh, This morning, I went to Pilates with my sister first thing in the morning. We went and got a coffee. She's pregnant. She is 20-something-ish weeks, so very close to meeting a little baby boy, so that's very exciting. Um, Then I had to the gym and I started writing out some of my goals as well, which which I'm really excited about. So just did a bit of a cleanup of my office space because it was just a bit messy and trashy from like just the end of last year and just being like wipe my hands well last year it's still still this year but <laughs> I guess I'm already there I'm already and you're going to be listening to this in the new year as well um yes yeah, so I started writing some of my goals which we talked about goal setting in last episode so if you're interested in knowing how to set some new year's resolutions or some new year's goals that you can actually accomplish make sure you go listen to that episode and today we're talking about bad diets yeah so it's the new year this episode's being released on the 10th of january and you will be currently being inundated with messages around dieting fad diets losing weight quick fixes the secret to weight loss, new year, new me, I was new just year's gonna, resolutions. Literally just going to be like, <laughs> new year, new you. And it's all centered, at, well, not all, but a lot of it is centered around weight loss, fat loss, and just grinds my gears. And I was saying to you just before, I think weight loss can be a part of like a healthy lifestyle, a healthy mentality, if, if that's what you're seeking. But I just hate it that it's, pushed and forced upon us why is dieting 
and just oh yeah we kind of briefly touched on the impact of social media and how like when I'm prepping for a comp or dieting down and I know you mentioned when you were losing weight as well you get so much claps and cheers and yeah let's just start stepping away from that hey Mm. yeah so in this end of year start of year January new year new me time there's a lot of both subliminal and overt messaging around weight loss and as Corinne just said weight loss or fat loss is not a bad thing and it's definitely something that we both agree is something that assists humans in being healthier however a lot of the messaging at this time of the year is very there's an undertone of losing weight makes you become a better human or um, you know, the, 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 the physical transformation is the most important one. And again, although it's important, it is not something that makes you more worthy. It's not something that makes you better or good enough or insert adjective. <laughs> um, so yeah, we just really wanted to touch on fad dieting, what fads are, why you shouldn't get sucked into it. And if you do choose to focus on your health this year, how to go about focusing on your nutrition in a balanced and healthy way. Yeah, my approach to nutrition, like fat loss is something that I do help women achieve. Um, I work with a lot of women who are seeking fat loss. I work with a lot of women who have just slaughtered their bodies with yo-yo dieting and just don't know how to eat properly. They don't have a healthy relationship with food. I help women uh, feel better and lose fat or weight after having had a baby. It's a part of what I do. And my approach to nutrition is um, definitely looking after someone's health first. So being physical, mental, and emotional are two of the most important things that I help look after with my clients. And sometimes if that means not losing fat at this particular time and focusing on other things, that's what it means. Um, But yep, lost my thought again. And it's just the beginning of the episode. Love this for me. What I was getting to was my approach to nutrition is one of balance. And I definitely try and help my clients make their nutrition fit and become a part of their lifestyle and fad diets and what fad diets are about is just the polar opposite of what I aim to teach and they grind my gears they grind my gears Kate Puddle do they yeah Ah. (laughs) it's a lot of the way that people talk about these particular diets and the language that's used around them and how they're be all and all like it's this particular diet that's the best thing ever and this is why you lose fat and it's like well no it's not you're just trying to sell your product and it works because the diet industry is fucking booming i'm going off i'm going off today (laughs) the diet industry is like a billion with a b dollar industry and i think but why we why this is really important to us that we talk about is because we believe that these companies who sell you the latest and greatest secret source to weight loss quick fix bullshit uh they're really using a shit ton of marketing money to prey on really vulnerable women who feel 
maybe at a really low point and do want to lose fat, which again is not a bad thing. However, when you're being preyed on in a way that uh, is manipulative by utilizing a product that is deemed the best, the next best thing or, you know, the secret or whatever, it's actually taking away the capacity or the empowerment for you to understand that weight loss at the end of the day is really just about finally getting to my point about a calorie (laughs) deficit. But what they're doing is keeping you at arm's length from what the solution really is by using all of their marketing jargon and um, marketing abilities to prey on vulnerable human beings with this grass is greener mentality because it's the new latest greatest thing and doctor fucking someone or, or other in some fucking university somewhere in the world has said that this is the thing this is the thing um so yeah did that make sense that was a it, lot of words it made it made sense and like uh, calorie calorie deficit just isn't cool right like some people are probably even sitting there going what the fuck is a calorie deficit i have no idea what a calorie is even let alone a calorie deficit but I think those quick fixes are attractive to people because you don't have to put any effort in then air quotes like you know everyone wants the magic pill that's going to help them lose the weight and it is all enticing like imagine being told that you could lose 10 kilos in 10 weeks like wow I want that or less or or less in less weeks yeah I mean, yeah, and that's a whole other side of most likely not healthy in terms of how quick you're losing weight and fat. Um, yeah, but it's really enticing and I, that's what a lot of people want. They want to lose their weight. They want to lose it quickly. This is going to get me there. And we'll go into that a little bit more. But I think a great place to start is just explaining what a fad diet is for someone who may not know we've pulled up a little bit of a um, definition and it says here that a fad diet is a diet that becomes popular for a short time similar to fads in fashion without being a standard dietary recommendation and often making unreasonable claims for fast weight loss or health improvements and the first things that I kind of think of are things like, I don't know, Weight Watchers, meal replacements, intermittent fasting, keto. Some people even make claims about a vegetarian or vegan diet. And you've now got carnivore. I don't know. What else is there? There's so many different uh, I think more of like things like the lemon detox diet or the 5-2 or the soup diet or now there's the fucking cookie diet I don't know if you've seen that it's no I remember the the cabbage soup diet one of my well, mum's friends at one point went on a cabbage soup diet yeah and then um yeah of course there's uh what all of those meal replacements like um OptiFast and fucking, I don't know. I'm just Herbalife, to the shit. Herbalife. Herbalife Isogenics. Yeah. yeah. I'm just trying to picture there's like the aisle in Coles because there's all of these different. I often just 
peruse them because they fascinate me but there's just all of these different brands of meal replacement shakes and it really comes down to to go back to the definition anything that is claiming fast weight loss or fast health improvements and often they're things that seem um what's that saying they're seem better than it is or too good to be true yeah that's it (laughs) we're still in holiday mode our brains are a bit slow (laughs) yeah so anything that's like oh fuck wow like 10 kilos in five weeks as an example uh is that possible sure if you fucking eat a lettuce leaf every single day but is that sustainable no does that seem entirely unreasonable yes so anything that just sounds dumb or too good to be true that's what a fad diet is yeah and nutrition is for life like literally you eat for the rest of your life it it takes i think it's really important to have a knowledge even if it's just a basic knowledge of nutrition of understanding your body just uh, even just being in touch with our body like so I, I speak more for like the population of women because that's who I work with is so many women that they, they ignore their bodies. Like they, they don't like who they are. They don't like what they see. So they don't look at themselves. They don't understand how their body's feeling. They've just lost so much touch with their body that they don't even know if they're hungry or they're full or or like I'll have women come into the gym and I'll be like, cool. So I want you to feel it here. They'll be like, I can't because they're just so out of tune with how their body is operating. And, you know, that goes into so many parts of life, but especially with our nutrition, nutrition, it, it's for life. It's something that you have to think about forever. So if you can create a healthy base and a healthy like understanding of what you need, that's for me what is sustainable with your nutrition and you know it's keeping your body composition where you want maintaining a healthy weight for the individual whatever that is it's different for everyone and these fad diets just don't do any of that mm. they just don't work long term mm. i think where a lot of people struggle is that first of all, you do have to think about food for the rest of your life. And second of all, we live in this instant gratification society and anything like, you know, we can go on to, not that Uber Eats exists in this town, but I could, when I lived in Melbourne, like go on Uber Eats and, you know, I could have dinner in 10 minutes or I could go on Tinder and have a date literally that fucking night. Or I could... Um, if I wanted to go somewhere, I could order an Uber. Also doesn't exist where I live. <laughs> but there's so many different, um, with technology and with the way that our society works with convenience, we can get things that we want pretty fucking quickly. And for a lot of people, that mentality is carried across all areas of our life. And I think our generation, particularly, we struggle to have that delayed gratification and understand that we need to learn shit that's really builds on and I'm not speaking for everyone of course but there is a large portion of humans who particularly in this fat loss space and why fad diets become so enticing and become something that people get sort of sucked into because of this instant gratification thing and we want to lose weight today and instantly and so if I get this bold claim about losing a shit ton of weight in a short period of time 
and being overweight is something that's really uncomfortable for me and it's something that I really want to work on, then of course that's something that people are drawn towards. So yeah, anyway, but they don't work, unfortunately. So why don't they work? Oh, <laughs> uh, the first thing that always comes to my mind with um, fad diets is a lack of education. They don't really teach you anything. They teach you usually how to highly restrict. That's it. <laughs> that's the only, like, that's the only thing that I can think of. They don't teach you much at all. Um, there's a very big lack of education. Um, a lot of weight loss in a short period of time isn't always a healthy thing as well. It, again, this highly depends. Like if you are an obese person or an overweight person and you have a lot of, a lot of body fat, um, you've got a lot of body fat to lose. So you can lose weight quite quickly and it can be healthy. Of course, I'm just speaking very generally here. It's always important to make sure that you're losing weight under the guidance of a professional and speaking to your doctor if you have to, especially if you're in that overweight and obese category because there can be some risk factors there. Uh, but the less body fat you have, the harder it is to lose body fat. So losing, so someone like myself, I carry a bit of body fat, not much. Losing a kilo a week is highly detrimental to my health it's, and it's not something that's going to be sustainable as well. Um, Fat diets are often impractical as well. So for that, you know, what do they often sell? Sometimes even six, four, four-week bloody diets, 12 weeks, you're kind of really a lot of the times restricting foods, food groups. And for a short period of time, sure, you may be able to do that because, you know, you're driven, you're motivated, you're determined. Uh, you'll most likely see results quite instant if you are because a lot of times you go on these diets and you're drastically reducing your calories to quite low amounts. So yeah, you're going to drop a lot of weight fairly quickly. So physiologically, all of those things, I think psychologically too, if you don't have an understanding of the process of fat loss, if you don't have an understanding of what's required, then I think that the reason why dieting in general, which as a side note, the definition of diet is just what you habitually eat. So dieting as a term has become this, it has such a negative connotation because of fad diets. So psychologically, the belief system that has been formulated, and again, very generally speaking, but it's, it's um, true for a lot of people that the belief system around dieting, if you are to continue to do fad diets, is that it's, you know, really, really hard and difficult, but there's a deadline and you only do it for four, six, eight, 12 weeks. And it's a really shitty time that you go through because you can't go out with your mates and you can't have a drink and you can't fucking have a piece of chocolate and you have to go to the gym 700 times a week. And of course, exaggeration, but there's so much negative connotation and belief systems that have been created around the word diet because of these stupid fucking fad diets. Yeah. And a lot of people or even a lot of gyms in the world um, do challenges or even a lot of like online trainers um, do these challenges where they're eight or 10 weeks. And instead of giving a human their individual calorie intake based on their own circumstances, height, weight, age, etc. 
they're all chucked on this 1200 calorie or very low calorie diet because of course if you're only eating fucking 1200 calories and you're going to the gym six times a week you're going to lose weight and then it becomes this cycle of oh i need to continue to do these eight week fucking restrictive blocks and that's the only way that we can lose weight and so it just becomes psychologically this just really fucking negative thing when at the end of the day if you're focusing on if you have the education too, and then you're focusing on just eating well, having a balanced diet for the rest of your life, it's a lot funner. It's a lot more enjoyable. It's a lot simpler. And you don't have to fucking be a dick to yourself. Yeah. And that's, that's yo-yo dieting, pretty much what mm. we're saying there. So it's a fad diet you'll regain fat because you haven't learned anything. You go back to eating because like your normal diet or even overeating because of certain um, hormone factors that happen when we do diet down. Um, you Probably because you've restricted for, you know, your four, six, eight, 12 weeks, you just want to bloody binge eat because you told yourself you can't have all this food. So then you just go and eat all this food. And then you feel like fucking shit. And then you're like, well, that diet worked. So I'm going to go do that again. And that's the, that diet. And that's what I hear all the time is, well, I did this and it worked. Well, I did this diet and it worked. And then I did this diet and it worked. And I'm like, cool. So why are you here having a conversation with me now? If you've put on your 20 kilos and all those diets worked, like clearly they didn't because you're in this position where you regained the weight and you don't know what to do. These diets, they work short term, but they're not really going to teach you anything for longevity. And Mm. it fucking messes with your metabolism. Like it, it, it ruins your metabolism dieting like that all the time. You end up not being able to eat as much food. And that's like a tragedy, tragedy, tragedy for me. I can't speak. (laughs) Tragedy. It is a tragedy. Can you actually just explain that, I guess, in layman's terms, the whole fucking up your metabolism thing? Because I think that's something that is really confusing for a lot of people, as well as something that I think a lot of people in the industry also have kind of been saying, it's got nothing to do with your metabolism. So can you just explain that for someone who has no understanding of why fad dieting or yo-yo dieting actually fucks with you physiologically? Mm -hmm physiologically i think the first place to start is just understanding about energy expenditure or energy balance so energy is what we eat Uh, our food converted to energy it's also known as calories a calorie is simply just a unit of measurement like a meter a centimeter kilometer time a second it is just a unit of measurement um and so we will need to eat at a calorie maintenance if we want to maintain our current body composition uh, in order for us to gain weight fat or muscle mass we need to be in a calorie surplus and again this is just very generalized and if we want to lose weight we need to be in a calorie deficit so a calorie deficit is consuming less food than the energy that we're burning so calorie deficit can be created through um, decreasing the amount of food you're eating or increasing the amount of activity you're doing, or it can be a combination of both. Now, technically, the larger of a calorie deficit that we're in, the more weight we are going to lose. But 
I feel that one of the best ways to lose weight is to eat as much food as you can. Um, and then you will have to slowly decrease the amount of food you're eating over time, dependent on what your goals are, because we get have something called um, metabolic adaption. So your metabolism, your body is smart. It, um, it doesn't want you to lose body fat. So we do think back to primal days, like our bodies are still really primal. Our brains have developed, but our bodies are still really basic. Um, losing body fat, if we were cave people, meant that we weren't getting fed and that we were then going to die. So our body would slow down some systems in order for us to conserve energy. So when we do think about um, energy, it's called our total daily energy intake or TDEE, and it's made up of a couple of things. Now, I'm going to throw a couple of acronyms out here, so it might get a little confusing, but I'll try and keep it as simple as I can. So total daily energy expenditure is how much energy you burn throughout a day. That is made up of a couple of different things. So that's made up of our BMR, which is our basal metabolic rate, and that contributes to around 60% of our TDEE. So our BMR is the amount of energy we need simply to survive. So if we were just sitting or laying, because sitting actually requires energy, if we were just laying, it takes energy for our nervous system to work, for our heart to beat, for our lungs, for our body to do all its normal processes. We also have our TEF or our thermic effect of food. So what we eat, um, it requires energy to burn. And there's each food macronutrient has a different thermic effect as well. So protein is the highest, followed by carbohydrates with fats with the lowest thermic effect. So you'll often hear that a higher protein diet um, is helpful for a number of reasons. It's also helpful because you're going to burn more energy just by eating a higher protein diet. We also have our exercise activity. So this is intentional exercise, going for a run, going to the gym, going sail, riding, boat riding or rock climbing, any intentional <laughs> activity, <laughs> sail, <laughs> rowing, <laughs> rowing, rowing. <laughs> Session is my exercise activity for today. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then we have neat non-exercise activity thermogenesis. So thermogenesis heat movement creates heat that burns calories. Um, so that will so be that fidgeting, um, unintentional walking. So like parking my car and walking to the grocery shop, 
doing the dishes, cleaning the house. So activity that's not intentional. Um, yeah, just moving around, that burns energy as well. <clears throat> so as we diet, um, metabolism adapts. So it's trying to conserve as much energy as it can because it doesn't necessarily want to lose body fat. Your, your body lacks, it's called homeostasis. It's this perfect little balance where it functions optimally. And if you disturb that, it's not going to be happy. So it'll do what it can to try and stay there. And when it comes to dieting, it, um, our metabolism adapts. And that mainly comes from our neat, our non-exercise activity, thermogenesis. So as you start dieting down your body's, and you might not even notice it. So I, but I do because I'm conscious of it. So when I eat a lot of food and I've got a lot of energy, I notice that I'm constantly like tapping my feet, you know, shaking my pen. I'm doing a lot of activity. I'm standing up more. Um, when I'm dieting down, I notice that those movements stop. I don't tap my foot as much. I don't wiggle my pen as much. I'm sitting down a lot more naturally because that requires a lot less energy. And your neck can actually uh, be up to 15% of your energy expenditure. So, and that can reduce greatly. Um, the thermic effect of food also comes into effect, um, not by much when we are dieting down. <clears throat> um, but what actually happens, so our, our BMR also decreases as well. So our whole body system starts slowing down. And when you do start, a lot of women can diet down to extremely low body fat. Um, and that's when organs, certain organs can shut down. So that your reproductive system stop getting your period and that sort of thing. So it's a way to conserve energy and women need a certain amount of body fat to make babies. Um, so we also make babies so we tend to burn less calories when we exercise we just don't want to expend as much energy uh, things like our cortisol can increase so a stress hormone our thyroid can decrease um, leptin and ghrelin which are closely related to hunger and energy expenditure their hormones they decrease and increase so leptin regulates our appetite and it is in our fat cells. When we start losing fat, the leptin gets triggered and it sends messages to our brain going, hey, we're losing a lot of body fat. It actually tells our brain that it's losing more than it is um, just because survival, we don't want to lose that body fat. And then um, our hormone ghrelin also increases as well, which is a hunger hormone. So the more fat you lose, the hungrier you're going to get and because your body just wants you to eat food it doesn't want to lose this body fat um so our appetite tends to increase and i don't know the exact science behind why but women or people who lose weight their metabolisms tend to stay lower as well so just say we had 260 kilo people um but 160 kilo person was 100 and they lost weight they're in our daily energy expenditure, their metabolism is slower. Um, so it can be 200 calories less. So this person might need 1,400 calories, 1,500 calories, whereas this person will be on 1,700 calories, having never lost significant amounts of weight. So being larger and then losing weight, it literally slows your metabolism. Like I said, I'm not quite sure the exact scientific reason why, but 
And that's a lot of where a lot of weight regain happens as well, because our metabolism adapts. Um, and if you also lose weight, sorry, I think I'm getting a little bit technical, but all this information is just here and I want to get it out there. If we are a hundred kilo person, naturally we're going to be burning more energy because we're moving a lot more weight around. And then when we lose weight, so let's just say you lose your 40 kilos and you're now 60 kilos, you're moving less weight around, which requires a lot less energy. So we're not going to be able to eat as much to maintain our body weight at 60 kilos than to maintain at a hundred kilos. So there's a lot of <laughs> a lot of information there. So essentially, mm. dieting down, our metabolism adapts. It slows down the functions of our body, and then when we finish doing these highly restrictive twelve hundred calorie diets, our hormones are backwards essentially forcing us to want to eat so they literally send messages to your brain saying you are extremely hungry eat all the food so you eat a lot of food and then you regain that fat back and you just get hungry you get hungrier the more food you eat you get more hungry because your body wants to be at your set point theory or where it felt the most comfortable back at 100 kilos can that set point? So I guess my next thought is about there's this statistic that exists that says that 95% of diets fail. And there was your explanation as to why if you lose a shit ton of weight or if you consistently fad diet and go up and down and up and down and your metabolism adapts to where you are at that lower point um can your how does your set point change you would have yeah you would have to and this is again why a lot of fad diets don't work is because there's no reverse or exit strategy from the diet like sure if you want to highly restrict yourself for 12 weeks go for it i i don't (laughs) that's not something that i would particularly do with a client but If you have a way out of that diet, the chances of you regaining mass amounts of weight are really reduced. And I like to think of our metabolism as like a step. So if you think of steps, literal steps that you walk down, if we decrease your calories a little bit, your metabolism is going to go, oh, hold on, I'm going to want to be even with you. So it's going to downregulate. Then this is why we plateau. So now this becomes our um, maintenance, calorie maintenance. Let's just say we started at 2000. We're now at 1800. That's now your calorie maintenance. So we go, okay, well, I want to lose a little bit more body fat. So I'm going to go down to 1700 calories and our metabolism will eventually go, oh, hold on. I'm going to downregulate. So now, hold on. Now my maintenance calories is 1700. And then, you know, we plateau. We want to lose more weight. We go down to 15, so on and so forth. So our maintenance is now 1500 calories. We need an exit strategy. We can't just go back to eating 2000 calories straight away for most people because you are going to gain weight back. So what you do is you'll slowly increase your calories back up to a 
estimated maintenance, just assess what's going on with your body there. Um, you, when you do reverse diet or exit out of a diet, you will always gain some weight back. It's just because you're eating more food. It doesn't have to be substantial amounts. It can be controlled. Um, reverse dieting or exiting from a diet is something that I think is really important. And the diet doesn't end when you lose the weight. And that exit strategy or that reverse diet can be just as hard because the diet then keeps going doesn't it it still requires determination and discipline and um, like I mentioned with your hormones leptin and ghrelin making you hungry and making you want to eat and you have to kind of resist that temptation and follow a bit of a process which is difficult yeah I think that's really important to touch on whether it's fad dieting or just dieting down in general like if you're on a fat loss process because that's definitely something that I fucked up with shouldn't use that term something that Mm. I didn't focus on post that bodybuilding show um and I guess the other thing to touch on is when you restrict yourself so much often what comes on the back of that which I think Corinne said earlier is like you give yourself permission then to eat the things that you told yourself you couldn't have. And so then you may binge or overeat on high, higher calorie or calorie dense foods that you had previously not allowed yourself to eat. And then because of that, you, it's really easy to just regain the weight that you had lost. And additionally, from a psychological perspective, then you input like shame and guilt because you had spent X amount of time being so fucking strict and being 100% on point that then when you're not that and then you start to feel in like internally or like feel within your body that you've gained a bit of weight and you might create a bit of discomfort because your clothes don't fit as well or whatever that might be, then psychologically the shame and guilt cycle begins, which then almost encourages you very subconsciously to go back to that fad dieting, strict dieting, restrictive dieting uh, process, because as you said before, like that's, that worked. Yeah. So not only have we got all of this physiological shit, which excellent explanation, by the way. Thank you. And if you need help with this listener, Corinne does this for a living. So this is what I do. Yeah, she's got an amazing series of different programs. Sorry, I shouldn't speak for you, but... I do. um, I have a series... No, but it's always interesting listening to someone else promote your business. I have a series of different programs. I do help pregnancy postpartum. I also have my Stronger with Kareem program, which does include uh, training as well as nutrition. And I focus on this shit for life. It's not like, sure, if you have a goal, let's achieve it. Keen, that gets me excited. But a lot of what I do is honestly just helping women heal from all this stuff that we're talking about, helping them heal mentally, emotionally, helping their bodies heal physically. And a lot of the times women will come to me after having dieted time and time and time again and not being able to lose weight. And I'm like, cool, let's, like I said at the beginning of the pod, let's just not focus on losing fat. Let's just focus on healing first. And then we can work on what we've got to work on. Which is so important because if you've been doing this for years and years or fucking decades, 
then again, from a physiological standpoint, there's a lot of stuff that you have to fix and heal before you can then, before your body can actually be ready then to re-diet down. But, but from a psychological standpoint, that the, the psychological shit is something that a lot of, well, all fad diets, but then also a lot of coaches, I think, don't touch on. Um, the science is really important. The calorie deficit shit is really important, but the guilt or shame that you may be in a cycle of or the um, belief systems that you might have about your body or even about dieting or about what that looks like or who you need to be or whatever that looks like for you. There's just, there's actually so many different facets of it, which aren't covered, dealt with, discussed, educated within a very short space of time being a fad diet. And so don't fucking do them. Full stop. No, no don't, don't. <laughs> okay, podcast over. See you next week. <laughs> um, and yeah, and that's what a lot of these diets do too. Is they create they they create restriction. Therefore, the person ends up creating these rules, and there'll be all these rules surrounding their food and their nutrition, and it just ends up being this big crazy mash and like you said then there's lots of guilt and shame it's like oh my god like and you don't end up going out for breakfast because there's nothing air quotes you can eat from the menu like you can't it just blows my mind that I have women that I'm like cool so you know why don't you have a sandwich I can eat bread of course Mm. you can there's nothing wrong with bread or yeah just it oh, grinds grinds my gears, Kate Pertle. <laughs> so many it does. <laughs> we end up creating all these rules surrounding our food that shouldn't even exist. I think basic understanding of the energy expenditure and understanding that you do have energy requirements, and if you eat more energy than you're burning, you're going to gain weight. If you eat less energy than you're burning, you're going to lose weight. That's pretty much it. Like that's the gist of it. There's some small little things that we could talk about, like your macronutrients, making sure that you're getting adequate protein. So macronutrients meaning large nutrient, protein, carbohydrates, and fat. Protein is one that I do recommend that we get adequate amounts of, the specific amount for the individual um, consistent over time. And fat and carbs, it doesn't really matter. Like, I think carbohydrates are important for an individual from an energy standpoint, energy, vitality. They're going to help regulate your blood sugar, your moods, that sort of thing. Um, But really it just, it doesn't matter. You could have more fat, more carbohydrates, less fat, whatever, whatever suits your lifestyle. And this is why things like keto or intermittent fasting, because they make these big claims that that's the best diet to do where it's, All keto does is you can't eat carbohydrates, which is sad. And carbs are so good. And, and I'm just talking about like fruit and a lot of veggies, like, Oh, I love mangoes. Um, And so it gets rid of this entire macronutrient and puts you in a calorie deficit. Like that's it. It's not the fact that you're not eating carbs. It's just that you're eating a lot less energy. But in saying that, I've also had clients who have been like, I tried keto and I gained weight because 
cal in terms of calories, protein has four calories per one gram. Carbohydrates has four calories per one gram. Fat has nine calories per one gram. It has more than double the amount of calories that protein and carbohydrates do. So people just go, oh, I can eat fat instead of carbohydrates. So they replace the carbohydrates with fat and end up consuming more calories because fat is higher, higher in calories. So it's just interesting. Mm. It's very interesting. Uh, and intermittent fasting is just basically not eating fucking breakfast, which of course means across the day that you'll probably be consuming less calories. And I think a lot of these diets, quote unquote, well, they're not actually quote unquote diets for sure. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of, actually, no, they are fucking quote unquote because diet is just what you fucking eat. But all of these different systems or processes or um, meal replacement all of this shit is just keeping you at arm's length of the truth of weight loss, which is a calorie deficit. And everything that you look at, whether that's five, two meal replacements, intermittent fasting, keto, fucking the soup diet, lemon detox, all of that shit. At the end of the day, the only reason that you're losing weight is because you're in a calorie deficit. The reason that you would lose weight quicker and faster is because you're in a more intense, larger larger deficit. And so that's it. Fucking, yeah, that's that's all. And and the thing is, if keto as a diet works for you and is sustainable for you and you enjoy it, do it. If intermittent fasting works for you, is sustainable, enjoyable, do it. If using meal replacement shakes, sustainable, enjoyable, do it. Like, yeah, I, I, I could never do meal replacement. Oh, look, well, in saying that, that's not true because if I am to go into a dieting phase and I'm at a point where my calories do get quite low, I will use a protein shake to replace a meal. There's no, like, there's no harm in doing those things if you understand the intention behind it. And like a meal, like having a protein shake, replacing like a high fat, high carb meal, number one, it's going to increase your protein consumption, which it can be a good thing for the gen pop. And it's going to decrease your calories substantially. So Sometimes those things can work, but it all just depends on the intention behind why you're doing what you're doing. Which is a fantastic point because last episode we spoke about goal setting and intentions and creating a why. And I really want you to think about why are you wanting to lose weight quickly? Why do you think this fat diet is the best thing? I think for a lot of people, it's that, there's an event in eight weeks time or there's something that exists in a short space of time that they want to feel good for and question mark on your intention for that, because is that to receive external validation? Is that, you know, is fucking ruining your metabolism or hating eight weeks really a good enough reason to fucking fit into a dress? Question mark. I think no, but it might be for you, but I think it's just really important to, question your intention, question your why. Uh, and particularly once you have all of this education, is it really worth skipping social events and hanging out with your friends or not eating a piece of fucking chocolate because that's delicious uh, for a short period of time? Question mark. Yeah, it's a no. <laughs> that's, a, that's a no. I think, like, no. It's not. And 
my philosophy is even if you are embarking on a fat loss journey, if that's what you want to call it, you can still enjoy all those things, but you do have to have an understanding of what your food is. You, you're not going to lose weight by eating copious amounts of chocolate all the time. Um, is that necessarily going to be the healthiest thing for your body either? Maybe not, you know, it depends. Um, so it's important to understand that, yes, you can enjoy these food. You can have social events. You can even have, you know, the, an occasional glass of alcohol and still lose weight, but you need to have an understanding of your food. And the, I guess the word that comes to my head is the impact that these foods has on, um, how much energy you're intaking hmm. i didn't mean like go out and fucking eat a block no of and, every i day, know no you didn't <laughs> and you <laughs> i enjoy i enjoy chocolate every day and i'm going through a dieting phase or a dieting down phase um at the moment and like i know like everyone is individual so i can't sit here and tell you this is what i'm doing because it's going to work for you as well but I guess what I want to say is when you look after your body from a energy intake point of view. So I haven't done many fat diets personally. I have dieted unhealthily previously, but when you're looking after your met- metabolic health, you can lose weight on a decent amount of food. And fat loss doesn't have to be difficult it's definitely challenging in the fact that it it requires discipline Um, it requires habits and setting and creating habits which can be hard it requires um, not giving in to temptation so like I know a lot of my clients will go to work and they've always got lolly jars and stuff there and fuck how hard would it be to walk past that every day and not eat it so yeah there's things that are going to happen um going out for breakfast that's a common theme like yes you can go out for breakfast but you may not be able to order the pancakes like it might just not work for you if you are looking at losing weight you can still go out for breakfast but you may get your eggs on toast with lots of veggies so dining down it is still hard it is still difficult but when you do it what i consider the right way in air quotes because what's right for one isn't always for the other Um, You can do it in a way that's still really enjoyable and healthy and sustainable. I'm eating what I would consider like a lot of food and I don't train that much, let's be honest. Like it's not like I'm training six days a week so I get to eat a lot of food. At the moment I'm training once or twice a week and it's a really light session. So that's not a big part of the energy that I'm expending. And I'm still consuming 1,900 calories and losing body fat, which is fucking decent. Like I'm – I get hungry, but I'm not hungry. I still get to enjoy a whole lot of different foods and a lot of variety. I don't feel like I'm restricting myself. Sometimes I feel I do have to say no, and there are temptations that I have to say no to. Sometimes I feel like I could fucking eat a house, but I think that's more based on like my emotional well-being. But it can be done when we go about it, air quotes again, the right way. Yeah. Uh, If you are in the position of being in this yo-yo dieting phase, I just want to place a realistic expectation and say that 
it really takes a lot of time to heal your relationship with food. And I guess for, to speak for myself coming, I've done in my early twenties, a lot of fucking fad diets and also have done, I've done all of it actually. Um, It took me a long time to get to a place where I could have a block of chocolate in the house and not eat the whole fucking thing and just be able to eat like two squares as an example. So again, just to place a realistic expectation for you, if you're listening to this and you're like, yeah, this all makes sense. And like, I would love to be able to um, not continue to fad diet or yo-yo diet and get to a place where I can have this balance. I just want to let you know that it's totally possible, but it just will take a bit of time. And we strongly encourage that you work with a professional to help you do that so that you can understand all of this stuff. I was about to say shit, really good Mm -hmm. shit. Understand all of this, get educated on it. And when you understand it and you have the education, you're then able to make informed decisions, whether you choose to have a specific fat loss process or whether you're just choosing to improve your nutrition, get a healthier, more balanced diet, improve your relationship with food, when you have the understanding and the education of what is what food is, like what is a calorie and like, oh, am I eating enough protein? Like you're able to do that without tracking. You can track. Tracking is a great tool. Um, but, yeah, I just want to say to you, the listener, that it's totally possible, but just get a professional, understand that it will take a bit of time and as Corrine said a couple of times, maybe dieting is not the best thing for you right now. And it's actually better that you begin to work on your relationship with food and eat at maintenance and just not focusing on dieting for three seconds of your life and just improve all of the other shit first. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I did a post about this, uh, a recent post, but I haven't been posting much lately. And it was literally just stop fucking dieting. Like if you actually want to change your body composition and you want to make lasting changes, stop dieting because it's not working and it's not helping you. And if you're in that phase where you're like, fuck, like I'm over this, what can I do? Like Kate said, if you're unsure, definitely seeking professional advice can be extremely helpful. Having that support, accountability, um, something that I definitely need when I'm going through different uh, phases and processes. Um, but a good place to start is just stop focusing on dieting. That's it. Just mm. eat your food, enjoy your food, throw out all the rules that you've created for yourself because they're not helping you. They're not serving you. They're just making you feel guilt, shame, shit about yourself. They're stopping you from living the life that you want to live. And let's be honest, if you tell yourself, like your rule is no carbohydrates or no chocolate what are you actually doing you're eating the fucking carbohydrates and you're eating the chocolate like that's all you think about as well yeah just it it doesn't work eat at your maintenance calories um if like there's a couple of different ways you can figure that out so one is you could just you know take an assessment of your body, whether that be your weight, some measurements, some progress photos, or just how your clothes are fitting. Um, and if you kind of stay around the same, you're usually eating at your maintenance. Uh, if you're gaining fat, you're eating too much. You're in a surplus. If you're losing fat, you're in a um, deficit. Uh, you can also go online. And if you just search TDEE calculator, 
and you plug in some of your basic metrics, your weight, your height, your age. Sometimes they ask for body fat, but you don't have to put that in. It'll just give you a really rough guide on what your maintenance calories may be. I think it's important to know that there are no specific numbers. So your maintenance calories are usually a range. So let's just say it pops up with 2000. The range might be 22 to 1800. So don't feel that you have to stick to this exactly because that's just not how the body works. It's so diverse. Um, If you're interested in tracking your food take isn't something that is triggering for you, I do recommend jumping on an app like MyFitnessPal and just start logging what you're eating to get some basic education on (laughs) in case just pursing her lips together between her fingers about to blow a raspberry and I can see it (laughs) Uh, uh. tracking your intake can be a good a handy tool and I think that's what it needs to be used as a tool that's it a guideline no pressure Let's just start becoming yeah. conscious of our food intake. What yeah. are you actually yeah. eating? Are you hungry? Are you even hungry? Are you eating because of your emotions? What's going on? Mm, very, very important that we touch on emotions because a lot of the time, and we I think spoke about this in episode four, yes, coping modes when we were talking about food and uh creating a bit of presence before you eat and really understanding if you're eating because of an emotion or if you're eating because of an emotion. (laughs) So (laughs) boredom, boredom, boredom. Yeah. Um, The other tool that you can use and something that when I was weight loss coaching, I used with a lot of my clients, even just to begin with, if the whole like my fitness pal seems really fucking overwhelming is I just made them a really basic little template on Excel. Um, and it was just literally a food journal diary thing because at the end of the day, awareness and, and creating consciousness around what we're consuming is really important. Full stop, let alone if you want to fucking diet or not, it's actually re- regardless of that, it's important True. to just know what we're eating full stop in general um so yeah if if there's a couple of tools for you either just write it down like on a journal or notebook excel whatever or um track in something like my fitness pal there's many different apps things yeah. that you can use online apps um because at the end of the day our nutrition is really important but also i think it's important to just yeah have some awareness around what it is that we're eating and uh why we're eating it and Mm. then also if we just to touch on the food rules again like my mom is a prime example and if you're listening mom sorry to fucking (laughs) right yeah (laughs) we love you we love you mom (laughs) we love you mom but even now like even after everything that I've taught her she still has this good bad uses the terms good and bad um with food and uh when she Uh, goes to like when she wants to lose weight she cuts out even after everything that I fucking told her but apparently whatever anyway we won't go there um she will say like oh I can't have an ice cream that's bad as an example and yeah I know my eyes my eyes switching (laughs) ice cream's not Um, bad FYI 
Yeah, so it's just when, when you, the reason why we're harping on about education is because instead of looking at an ice cream as like, it's a bad food, you can understand that it's high in carbs, it probably has a little bit of protein and fat as well. And you can look at it, not that we need to look at food as numbers, but you can understand, when you understand calories, you can understand energy balance, you can look at something as, do you know what I'm trying to say? What am I trying to say? I What you're trying to say is, and I, I guess the thing that comes to my mind is you, essentially you have an energy budget, energy slash calories, right? Understanding that that small portion of ice cream is probably going to, even though it's a small portion, it is quite energy dense. It's going to take up a big part of your energy budget of what you can actually eat, eat that day. And it's just important to understand that, I think, to understand that certain foods, some have more energy than others. They're still delicious, doesn't make them fucking bad, but it just means you have to be conscious of your food intake. Yeah. And I think to, to echo that slash add a bit more, I think what I was meaning is that you can, once you understand energy balance, you can look at food and say, okay, I feel like an ice cream today because I do. And it might take up X amount of my, what do you just call it? A budget? An energy, energy budget. budget. Yeah. Energy budget. Um, but you can look at it in a way that just there's no emotional attachment to it then because you understand the energy components. Wow. <laughs> Does Yes, yes. It just means that we can take away all the food rules because we have an understanding of what exists, like what what it actually is. And we can stop looking at it as good or bad and we can just look at it as food, some which is more calorie dense, some which is more micronutrient dense, and we can then look at food as having a balance of different components of energy and the average person is most likely going to be able to eat a portion of ice cream daily without it having a negative impact on their weight when they're conscious of their food intake otherwise it's and but but let's be realistic people who are gaining substantial amounts of weight they're not sitting there with one ice cream cone they're most likely going to be eating large amounts of ice cream and you know and then but then that stems from a lot of other issues that we're not necessarily talking about here today we talked a lot about that in more in the previous episode in relation to like schemas and emotional needs and that sort of thing so and and that's the the thing I think as well is because we're so restrictive of these types of foods like your chocolate your ice cream your pasta that when we give us finally give ourselves permission to eat them we eat it in excess and we do that regularly and then we start gaining weight so these foods become bad they become demonized that's what's causing us to gain fat no the food itself isn't causing you to gain fat the fact that you're eating large quantities of that food is what's causing you to gain fat you can enjoy these sorts of foods regularly in your diet and even lose weight maintain if it's not even about weight just having a healthy relationship with your body and your food and your mind and your soul Mm. 
And I also think when you give yourself permission to eat it, you actually don't even want it that much. No, and I'm highly satisfied. Like I have a chocolate a day, literally, and I'm really satisfied with that. I do notice, and this is like where I think becoming conscious of your body and your needs, like around my menstrual cycle, I do start craving chocolate. So I will include more of that in my diet because that's what I want. Um, you know, still controlled, still portioned. But yeah, I don't typically feel the need to eat excess amounts because it's something that I, sometimes I don't even feel like it. Most of the time I do because I really enjoy it. But it's more the state because I'm like, I usually do it when I'm by myself or I create like a nice calm space for myself and I have my chocolate and my coffee or my tea and I really fucking enjoy it. So it's not even necessarily about the chocolate. It's more about the state that I'm putting myself into. I'm giving myself a little bit of nourishing time, which feels mm. good. So I guess we've talked about um, how we can stop fad diets. Uh, what can you do to improve your nutrition? How to do it in a healthy and sustainable way. So I think just understanding the basics of our energy expenditure, firstly, um, Kate's written here, we've got some show notes. Be a turtle, slow and steady. <laughs> I remember that used to be like one of your like little marketing strategies, wasn't it? Yeah, it was yeah. like take the turtle approach. Like that, we all know that story of the turtle and the hare. The hare fucking gets out the gate and then doesn't finish the race and the turtle goes slow and steady and over time he ends up winning. And I guess this is, it's a perfect analogy for fad diets. Like you're, when you're doing a fad diet, you're the hare and you're out the fucking gates as soon as you can, but it ends up being something that doesn't help you get over the finish line, whatever the finish line looks like for you in this particular analogy. <laughs> and when you adopt the slow, steady, sustainable, balanced, um, inclusive way of eating, then you adopt the mentality that it's going to take time. It's, it's something that you do slowly and steadily over a decent amount of time, not fucking six, eight, 12 weeks. It's something that you acknowledge that it's actually your life. But in particular, if you're going through a fat loss process and you have a decent amount of fat to lose, when you, when you adopt the turtle approach, you understand that it might take you 12 months, 18 months, 24 months to actually get to a place where you feel comfortable in your achievements, whatever that looks like for you. Yeah. And what I see a lot with my clients is during like a lot of clients might initially have a goal as like a specific amount of weight that they want to lose. But what I help teach my clients is to notice we talk a lot about values, who you are, who you want to be. And the thing is because they're taking action and they're looking after themselves and they're nourishing themselves. It's not even about dieting. It's just about healing their relationship with themselves and they, their food. They feel fucking fantastic. They haven't even reached this goal that they had set for themselves, a specific fat loss number. But because we're focusing on the intrinsic, we talked a lot about this last episode. I love how all our episodes are kind of aligning. Because we're not focusing on the extrinsic, the goal. We're focusing on the habits, the routines, the behaviors, who we are, what our values are, and living alongside those. And that's what feels fucking good. That feels fucking good. And because you're doing that, you, body composition will just happen. 
and you'll get to your goal and you'll be like, you know what? I felt fucking fantastic before I even got here. Woohoo. I'm smiling because I have this post written in my notes and I haven't posted it yet, but it's literally just fuck your goal weight. And the reason for that is I think so many humans place so much emphasis on what they think is going to happen when they reach this goal weight. And when I was weight loss coaching, um, I, of course, was connecting with a lot of people who were either losing weight or, um, yeah, actually just losing weight. And a lot of the time in their bio, they would have SW, like starting weight, CW, current weight, and then GW, goal weight. And there was just so much fucking identity wrapped around their fucking weight and also, you know, goal weight, 60 kilos. So to speak from experience, when I was younger, uh, I went to the doctor and I think that this was like my early 20s. I was about 135, 140 kilos. And the doctor told me that in order for me to be healthy, I had to weigh 60 kilos. And so... First of all, I'm like five foot ten or nine. I was gonna say um, I weigh like sixty kilos for me is so lean. Like yeah. and I'm a small person. I'm small. Exactly. <laughs> so I'm if you were sixty kilos, because you are so tall, you would be skin and bone. There'd yeah, be nothing so of you. When I competed, I think I was like eighty-five. Yeah, so wow. I'm a heavy, like heavy is fucking re- um versus what's that word I'm looking for it's all relevant to like your height and your weight and your fucking everything and I actually carry a lot of muscle like I think I did a dexa then and I was like two-thirds of my weight was actually muscle which was fucking great but uh I think this this goal weight thing needs to absolutely get fucked off because first of all as you said it's the process that makes you feel really good and a lot of the time your goal weight is something that maybe a doctor told you or maybe you, you know, here's what it is. This is what so many of my clients used to say that I was like, oh, interesting. Why do you want to be 60 kilos, 70 kilos? Oh, because I remember a time when I felt really good and really happy and I was 60 kilos. And what so were you this, doing? Like, sorry, that's yeah, my well, first question. Like 12 years old or some shit. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Sorry, but you're not going to weigh the same as an adult as you are when you're 12. But, but again, also what were you doing were like, it was, it was your behaviors that Mm. made you feel good, feel happy, feel energized, feel insert fucking adjective that you're trying to attain by achieving this fucking goal weight. And I'm about to go on a rant because I actually feel so passionately. Your gears are getting grind now. (laughs) Go for it. No, my fucking gears are grinding because... I mean, and I've made this mistake in the past as well. And that is also why I feel so passionate about it because when you place so much emphasis on the outcome or on the goal, then you're really forgetting about the process. And again, we spoke about this last episode when we were talking about goal setting and processes and outcomes and all that kind of shit, but fuck your goal weight. Because I think when what humans do when they have this goal weight is they place emphasis on what they're going to feel once they achieve that goal weight on the fucking scale And when we're doing that, we're forgetting about the process. We're forgetting about our internal fucking healing and working on ourselves internally. And a lot of the time it's just completely fucking unrealistic to weigh whatever fucking weight that you think you might feel good at. Yeah, I've been there. Bomb, drop it, mic drop. (laughs) I have 
been incredibly skinny, incredibly skinny. I definitely had body dysmorphia and I still wasn't happy and I still wanted more because being skinny wasn't good enough and I had to be skinny eyes. It's that's not the solution. Definitely not the solution. And I was I was unhealthy. I ended up losing my period. Like it was just not fun times. I had so many rules that I'd created for myself around nutrition. Um, yeah, I then decided to prep for a comp, got even skinnier, got even more unhealthy in relation to my mentality surrounding food, that eating a salmon wrap with like uh, vegetables in it made me feel guilty because it wasn't on my meal plan. Like, oh, and I'm going to help women stick clear of stuff like that. Mm. And that's a lot of the time to, to wrap it back to the fad dieting thing. That's, that's where that mentality is um, developed because whether it's a challenge at the fucking gym or a challenge with an online trainer or something, they give you a meal plan, which FYI, a lot of people aren't actually fucking qualified to give out meal plans, but that's a story. For not, day. You're not allowed to. As a personal trainer, you are not allowed to do a meal plan. Yeah. Um, so that's where that really unhealthy mentality gets developed in these really restrictive diets or meal plan type gigs whereby you're not educated. So you don't know what you could substitute your meal with. And so then you eat off your meal plan. And as you just mentioned, like that was in comp prep, but that same mentality is applied to just like the general population who's doing a fucking fad diet where if they don't have the education, then they don't, you know, they eat off off track, quote unquote, which I fucking hate that term. Um, but you eat off track and then and then that guilt shame shit starts and then you could restrict even further because you feel so guilty for eating off your meal plan and you're a failure and you're you have no fucking willpower and it just creates this shitty fucking cycle in your head. Yeah. And then bringing it back to like the turtle on the long term, um, and I've done a post about this one as well, is when you are focusing on results over a long term, like just because we're talking about fad diets and fad diets comes with weight loss, but you have, there's room for inconsistencies, which for me means if we're focusing on losing a certain amount of weight, but we give ourselves a year, that means if you go on holidays for a week or two and you're eating at maintenance or even in a slight surplus, it doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. Like it's a couple of weeks out of a year that we're working towards achieving what you want to achieve in relation to your weight loss, but also your health and your mentality. And that's just what makes it more sustainable. And then that's what makes it a lifestyle. And then that is what gets rid of the yo-yo dieting and the weight regain and the losing and the gaining and the losing and gaining. You can just, once you have a base, it's really easy to then just manipulate your nutrition slightly based on what your goals are. Like, that's it we don't have to be dieting or eating a certain way it's like I was you know just eating at my maintenance I was like cool I'm ready to drop a little body body fat now I can just make a few tweaks to my nutrition and I'm going to lose some weight and like then when I'm ready to eat more food again and maintain I can just tweak my nutrition and eat more food again it's possible it is it's possible just Hmm. depending on where you are it does take some time a lot of healing a lot of unlearning and then a lot of relearning 
Yeah. And that sounds so simple and it is that simple, but simple and easy don't mean the same thing. Correct. And simple in the fact of there's a scientific fucking process and you just literally do have to make a few tweaks, particularly when you first begin, like you make a couple of tweaks and, and particularly also if you have a lot of weight to lose, make a couple of tweaks and you can get some pretty fucking epic results straight away, basically. But that doesn't mean that it's easy and it doesn't mean that it's not challenging or it's not hard work. Agreed. Um, so, I've been yeah. doing this for many, many a year um, and I still find it incredibly challenging at times. Yeah. Just an important point that you made before, like if you're focusing on the turtle approach versus the hair approach like a year versus eight weeks or whatever and you go on holiday for two weeks I remember back in the day one of my clients she like we had a um let's be real their sales calls but we'll call, we used to call them discovery calls or whatever the fuck um and we're on our call and she said oh I'm going on holidays in like 10 weeks time so like I don't think now is the best time to start because um yeah, I'm going on holidays for a week or two and, like, I can't be focusing on this whilst I'm on holidays. And, again, it's just this mentality that's been developed through subliminal messaging or overt messaging from fucking all this fad diet shit that if you're dieting, then you can't possibly go on holiday or go out for a social occasion every now and then because you have to be 100% on point and you can't fucking eat off your meal plan and you blah, blah, blah. So just a, a reminder that if you do desire to lose fat, you can go on holiday and you can go out with your friends and stuff. But that's not to say that there doesn't have to be some sacrifices in some different places. But just remember that we have to eat for the rest of our fucking life. And if the sooner we can develop a healthy relationship with food the sooner we can learn about balancing um our choices the easier all of this food shit um becomes and also the easier quote unquote the process becomes if we have this long-term mentality yeah and you just I really enjoy nourishing my body like like vegetables I don't particularly like love them some I do sometimes I do but I, I look at vegetables and I know how good they are for me. Like literally not in terms of good and bad food, but they're so full of micronutrients. They're going to give me energy. They're going to give me vitality. They're going to help my body function optimally. And that alone just makes me feel really good. When I see like a plate, healthy, what I consider like a healthy meal or balanced meal, it gets me really excited. And you can find like, and I think this just comes back to, um, my point about learning to be conscious of nutrition and and what you're eating as like a really good first step to helping you you heal is if you just sit down and look at your meal. Like we've got so many different senses, our smell, um, visual, the taste, the texture that we're feeling and just stopping and noticing all those and just appreciating the food that you have in front of you. That's um, something that I've found is really helpful for me as well um like if you're sitting in front of the tv eating maybe a couple of nights a week let's sit at the dinner table and really start enjoying what we are eating and becoming conscious of what we are eating mm. i 
interesting. So the thought that arose when you said, I look at a, I look at a like healthy meal and like feel like, oh, this is going to be good for me or whatever terms you used. Um, so many people don't think that or feel that. And I think also in some ways, healthy food has been demonized in alignment with this fad diet, diet culture shit, because for a lot of people, like vegetables are deemed like yuck or um, I don't want to eat that, like because there's so much delicious calorie dense food that I think even our perception of healthy food can also be warped to some degree uh, because healthy food is intertwined with dieting, which has a negative connotation. Yeah, a lot of times there are, I notice there are aversions to quote unquote healthy, healthy food. I don't like that. I don't like that. It's like, okay, why? Why, like, why don't you like them? They don't, okay. Well, sometimes vegetables don't taste good, let's be honest. And, but I do eat them because I know they're good for me. There's also a difference between not enjoying a taste and not liking it because you're associating it with something else. Yeah. Yeah. So that you don't like a fucking mushroom or insert vegetable, but there's 700,000 different vegetables that you can consume if taste is the thing. But if it's associated, (laughs) oh, just whack butter on it. Like, (laughs) dude, butter makes veggies taste so good. Salt. Mm. Or seasoning, like herbs, fucking anything. Um, But also, yeah, I would just question if that's you. Is there an association with the food being attached to something that's deemed negative or has a negative connotation because of this whole dieting shit? Yeah. Yeah. It just kind of reminds me of my mum doesn't like fish, but she'll eat fish fingers or she like hates yeah right doesn't make sense but just uh it's all mental for her because I mean I questioned or not questioned her but asked her about it just to understand her better and she's like well when we were younger we were forced to eat seafood and I'm like cool so she's just had this negative association with fish so it's not that she doesn't necessarily like it it's just that she's telling herself that she doesn't like it she has this big mental blockage surrounding it which is also really important because then it's important to question like where were your food rules formulated? And we spoke about in the schemas episode, episode four, um, about how every fucking belief that exists is formulated in our childhood. And I guess for me, I was a very overweight child and there was a lot of good and bad food terminology. There was a lot of um judgment or discussions around the food that we were eating based on our weight and things like that and so uh yeah I think it's just also important this is kind of unrelated to fad diets but also incredibly related um (laughs) we can cut that bit out (laughs) it's important to understand where your food rules were formed where your ideas about nutrition were formed and to go back and actually question them like is it as an example if you have this negative association with healthy food is that because your mum said something when you were little or I don't know you had some form of influence as a child as to dieting or what 
I don't know, just ideas around food. So, yeah, it's it's important to just look back and question everything. Yeah, Why and don't like it or do. And like that's it or a, a important point. Is I read a statistic somewhere. It was something mass, like massive of how like your mother or your parents approach nutrition, what they said, what you saw has such an impact on the, the kid. And then you grow up uh, into the adult, you continued these rules and thoughts and feelings and behaviors that your parent did. And it is very evident in some of the clients that I coach as well. And they were like, my mom used to yo-yo diet or my mom restrictively ate or my mom, did this, said this, and now they're stuck in this way of thinking. So how, as a parent, you approach nutrition and what you say is so important. And I think, you know, it's, it's our job to help teach our children. Like this day and age and <laughs> everything that we have to do as parents is massive, but I think this is something that is really important, their emotional health and how to eat food because we're just so, it's just different times. Like food is so available and it's, it's just there in front of us. We don't really, like we know that fruit and veggies are good for us, but ice cream is sitting just there as well. And so, you know, all these more calorie dense foods. So I think teaching your children how to, have a balanced approach is important, but you have to understand that yourself first, obviously. So in conclusion, don't fad diet. <laughs> yeah, just don't do it. <laughs> Healthy, balanced approach, what that might look like for the average person, three meals a day, breakfast, lunch, dinner. If you don't want to do breakfast, no worries. Some people just don't have time or don't enjoy it. couple of snacks, aim to have decent amount of protein in each main meal and some protein in your snacks and have dessert because it's yum and mm. just be conscious uh, connect with you as an individual your thoughts your feelings your behaviors um, start listening to your hunger cues and if you want a little bit of guidance there's lots of tools out there that can be helpful so like your food diary habit tracking um using a like my fitness pal as an example hiring a coach i do offer nutrition services if you are interested in finding that balance and a little bit more of a sustainable approach to your nutrition can help you heal yourself heal yourself because that's what i want for everyone da, da, da. <laughs> yeah and and as a reminder to reiterate something that we've said a couple of times if you are in this cycle of fad dieting, yo-yo dieting, up and down, fucking round and round for years and years and years, stop dieting, work to heal your relationship with food. You can do by, that by yourself, but we always, always encourage that you get some professional help, um, whether that's someone like Kareen or a psychologist who specializes in eating disorders or even relationship with food, that sort of category. It, look, let's be honest, I'm going to spruik you now. Even your courses can be really beneficial, especially if we're talking about like we're stopping dieting and healing that emotional self. Like the relationship you have with food, a lot of it can stem from what's going on internally for you. Yes, learnt behaviours and 
what you've been taught and so on and so forth. But um, because there's a lot of stuff that you do that I don't. And yeah. something like a nutrition coach or nutrition coaching plus loving yourself, um, they can work really well together in your healing journey. Really what we're saying is you should work with both of us. That's it. Simultaneously yeah. and you'll fucking become <laughs> the best version of you. That's, that's <laughs> so yeah, it. So in my body confidence slash body image course, one of the modules is about the behaviors that you undertake as a result of what you feel about your body. And so I do touch briefly on your relationship with food and your relationship with emotional eating. It's not greatly in depth just because the course is about your body image, but a lot of the times your behaviors are created from how you actually feel about your body. So, um, yeah, you should work with both of us. The end. <laughs> Podcast over for about the third time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I think we've touched on everything that we wanted to touch on. Again, it's important that you think about all of this shit because you will be inundated with messaging about fad diets, losing weight, blah, 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 you're not good enough unless you fucking have a smaller body, etc. So hopefully this episode resonated with you and helped you. And before we complete it, whilst I don't forget, we're going to end with our (laughs) love track grateful. You go first. No, you go first today. Okay, Kate Purtle, Kate the microphone. Dun-dun. All right. Um, we recorded an episode literally yesterday. Obviously, you're listening to them a week apart. So we <laughs> did speak about this yesterday. So let me just rack my brain. Um, I am maybe really basic today. I'm proud of myself because this morning I um, reintegrated a habit that I did a little while ago and it made me feel really good. And I just kind of lost the habit, which was to get up and journal first thing. Um, as a side note, journaling first thing within 45 minutes of you waking up, um, you're still very much in your subconscious mind. I think it's called your, it's either theta or beta waves. If we're speaking about brain waves and it's one of them, I just can't remember which one right now, but if you journal within 45 minutes of you waking up, um, it allows you to really connect with your intuition. And because you're still in this subconscious state, Uh, It's really beneficial if you want to learn to listen to yourself and listen to your intuition, because once you start writing, because you're still in that brain wave and state, it's just allows you to connect with yourself. So do that. It makes you feel fucking good. Um, So I reintegrated that this morning. I am grateful today that Juanina has decided to fuck off for a second and (laughs) it was sunny and I got to go to the beach. That was fantastic. And it's still sunny. So once we've completed this, I'm going to go back to the beach. You. Um, and I love about myself. I love my dog. I'm obsessed with my dog. It's meant to be about myself. Um, I, I just love. Love that you love I just, dogs. <laughs> I, just, I just love myself, actually. I think I'm fucking great. You are. And you're in a, a radiant mood today, which is lovely. Yeah. It's been a pleasure. You, I can just see yeah. your soul beaming out of you. And it's beautiful. Yeah. You know what? Actually, one of the, and there's actually many reasons. I did a lot of things for my, just for myself this morning. Um, and after I did my journaling, I actually went for a walk along the beach and I listened to this 
um, new year meditation. And it was just all about manifestation and visualization of what you want. And I just really put myself in, I just know what I want this year. And it feels really fucking good. So I can't wait to hear. I'm so excited. Yeah. Um, My turn. Love. Yeah. Now I'm I'm put on the spot. Love, proud (laughs) and grateful. Well, I love I love my kids. I think they're really cute. And I know it was supposed to be about me, but um, I love that I'm a great mum, and that I have, that I want to do better for my children and I want to break cycles for my children. And that I put a lot of effort in for that. Um, grateful. I'm grateful for my husband because he is looking after the kids right now so I can do work. And I went to Pilates this morning and he looked after they got them ready and that sort of thing. So I'm grateful for having him there. So I have the ability to do what I would like to do as well and accomplish what I want to accomplish um, and love about myself. No, proud. You love that you're a no, good mum. No, I was proud that I'm a good mum and that I'm oh, breaking sorry. cycles. I love that I'm so passionate about certain topics and that, I have the confidence to enough to express myself on the things that I'm really passionate about. And this podcast is a great avenue for that, which I'm grateful for as well. Mm. Yay. Amen. Sis. Excellent. Well, if you love this episode, we would love it if you could screenshot it, chuck it on your story, tag us so that we can connect with you. And we would also be very appreciative if you could head to Spotify or Apple and chuck us a five-star rating. We would just bloody love that. And we hope this episode resonated with you. We hope that we have helped you stop fat dieting. And thank you for listening. We love you. We'll catch you in the next episode. Goodbye. Bye.